in 100 years. The shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is uh, Tuesday, July 26th. This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, we're back in my office. Second time in a row, still with the uh, multi-directional mics. Yeah, we're going for back-to-back. We haven't uh, had two on the trot in the office all year. Two home wins. We're like Melbourne of podcasting. Can we do two on the trot in the office? I mean, I think we're good at home. Yeah. I I actually think we're both like, we're a bit like our teams. You know, we're very good at home. But once you get on the road, Charlie, is it fair to say that two guys, one cup, we're flat track bullies? Yes. (laughs) Uh, should we start? We might as well just start this week with uh, the obvious. Yeah. So here's what here's how I think we should do it. You be happy first, because <laughs> no, my, no, do we no, want to, no. We let's want to, start with happy because okay, right, we'll get back to happy. Uh, I reckon well, this we'll, is how it goes. This, you start with happy. Yeah. We'll get to my sad depression, and then we'll go out and talk about other things, and we'll get back to happy. I think yeah, but I think we can also. I, I predict that after your depressing bit. I will attempt to cheer you up by picking out some positives, and so we'll end on a kind of slightly uplifted note. I mean, I, look, I hope that will be the case. And look, you know, don't get me wrong. I find positives in your story. Because here's the thing. I'm the only guy who's been back in St Kilda all this season. I get the impression that I had more faith in St Kilda than fucking you did or Alan Richardson did. That's what I said to you. Because uh, Will and I were both at Splendor in the Grass yes. this weekend, and we sort of had a an agreement yeah. that we wouldn't Just sort wouldn't of... really... Well, we wanted to have a good time. Yeah. We, which and we the, both did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> up until a point. And, uh, and we, we were going to watch The Cure. Yeah. And so we said we won't check the phone. So yeah, I didn't. We I actually didn't check the scores. Yeah. But then probably around about 10.30, probably two hours into The Cure set, I just get a single word text from Will that is just, fuck. And initially I was like, yeah, fuck. How good is The Cure? Yeah, how good? <laughs> what a great review. Yeah. Fuck. This is awesome. Oh, Will a, is really loving the gear tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a great time. Then, like, oh no, wait a minute. And so I checked the score, and uh, I found you in the crowd. And you know, I, I was keeping a lid on it. You know, I didn't. Uh, I was getting a head the size of a, a boarding school pudding. No, I was just uh, I was keeping a lid on it. But I mean, I, you know, it evens up for the season. You are the holders currently of the two guys one cup cup, but that, I understand that's a prestigious yeah, thing. So, and in a season where you may or may not make the finals, yeah, go, you know what? Take whatever you can get. At least you've won something. We won the cup cup clash, right? You know what? <laughs> we should make a cup and send it to St Kilda and just say, look, it wasn't the hugest of years, but if you want to put something, you literally are currently the holders of the two we guys should just one cup get, cup clash. Uh, one of those crushed plastic cups that was in the mud at Splendor. We should have just picked it up. Right. <laughs> that's the cup cup. Every year, cup. somebody holds over the hands over the golden cup cup <laughs> for the cup cup clash. <laughs> but I said to you at the time, I yeah. said, you know, uh, yeah, we won. I said, I've got it in some way. I think I should thank you because you've been boosting the Saints all year, even when I didn't even believe. And so somehow I think you contributed to the zeitgeist and got them uh, got them over the line. It just happened to be against your boys. I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but yeah. uh, I would love if the Saints, if the, if, if, if the Bulldogs can't win it, 
and I'm starting to think after the weekend that maybe we've got to the point where maybe we can't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Bulldogs can't win it, and if there was just some team that was going to have this miracle, <laughs> you know, run to the finals, yeah. like I would like it to be St Kilda, but I would love if they then reveal on grand final day that the secret was that the only thing that got them through the hard months was that I had faith in them and they'd been playing the podcast down the club and it really bonded the boys together. I would at least feel like this had not been a wasted season for me. <laughs> because if my team can't win, I, I at that. least want to fucking like yeah. get, pull off one big call. What I'd love to see is Alan Richardson and Nick Revolt on the podium, holding the holding right. the cup together, and then yeah. they point to the crowd and they just wave, and we see you with your bad hips struggle to get over the fence and go out to the podium, and you get up there and they put you on their shoulders. You get a lap of honour. No, you know what happens? Here's, here's what I would like to see. They all get up there and they do their photos and they do those sort of things and they do that lap of honour, right? But then they make the signal, right? And it says up on the scoreboard, this is what it says, the St Kilda players have requested... <laughs> That you all put on a pair of... He- they've been throwing out headphones. Yeah, right, they right. go around. They Red, do a, white and black headphones. Yeah, they do a rap of, lap of the crowd. Instead of throwing out footies and stuff like that, they're throwing out headphones and yeah. then a message comes up on the screen. And it's it's Rui, yeah. Nick Rewa, and he's saying, uh, on behalf of the Scott of Full Glow, we'd just like to ask you to now put on these headphones. And they've uh, selected edited highlights <laughs> week by week, like they do at the Brownlow. Uh, yeah. Round one. Yeah. We had a tough, like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But this is what Will said. <laughs> You know, I think I'm bullish on the sense. I think you guys are, you yeah. know, you've got to play a good pressure game. Jack Stevens is a good player. <laughs> Just fucking take all that shit and mix it together. Fucking yeah. jive bunny style yeah. down well, at St Kilda. Mike Hal, if you're listening, uh, every time Will has spoken positively yeah. about the Saints, if you want to cut that together and send it down to the club, that just might be the tonic. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, I think I haven't watched much of the game back, to be honest. I haven't watched much of the weekend's games, to be honest. But I, um, I in fact, being at Splendor, I, I kind of have almost considered this my buy. Right. You know how yeah, the players yeah. had theirs? Yeah, those you needed weeks? a break from footy? Yeah, I needed a break. Yeah. And this felt like the right weekend for me to go, you yeah. know what, I'm just going to pretend footy didn't even happen this weekend. It was actually a cracking game. It was, uh, it was finals-like pressure, Will. Well, so this is what I was going to say is, I reckon the Saints are at their best when they... Charlie when they come to play. <laughs> oh, what a and, shot. I'll let Alan Richardson know. <laughs> yeah, write that down, Richo. Uh, but no, but they are. Like, I think that's the thing with the Saints is there is a real difference between if they're not yes. switched on in intensity, I still think they're probably not quite at the skill level across the field to match it with the other teams. Yeah. But the way that they, the, the method they have of playing, and this is why I think you should be so optimistic and why, I, you know, I, I was optimistic about them is I think when they do play that high pressure intensity game, mm. they have a method that can take down really, really strong teams. And Stevens, Stephen? Stephen. Stephen Singular. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, he's He's your Dusty Martin now. Like, he's he's, he's at that point now where I think he's... You know, you're just going, oh, yeah, right. You're just an absolute fucking superstar. He's actually... He reminds me of Paddy Dangerfield, who kicks less goals. But he's got that same explosive pace. He plays defense and attack really well. Like, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago... Sorry, do you mean Paddy Dangerfield's? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's that stat about Jack Stephen. He's quite a complete player offensively and defensively. Yeah. But he's also got that burst of pace. We don't have a lot of line breakers in our team, but he's that one guy you can rely on who just motors out of traffic. He- I mean, you had one line breaker, but uh, unfortunately, Snapchatted that line breaking <laughs> and you get to play for a whole season. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a good win. The thing about it, I'd say, is you're right. Where it, it's if we start that way, we play well. 
but we don't we still don't have what the really good teams have which is the next gear so what happens is we come out and we just attack 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 and we play really hard and then a team counter punches and we sort of stumble back for a bit right. and then we go back to that level but what we don't do is then go to that next level like Hawthorne. Put him away. Yeah, exactly. Hawthorne, you know, you can slap him in the face for about a half, then they'll like stagger back, and then once they've got you, they just fucking kick six goals. They'll Cyril you in the last quarter. We don't have that gear yet, and I think that's what keeps us out of the eight. You know what fucking shit me about Hawthorne this week? We'll get back to the <laughs> But is that... He's, I, I just am now getting to the point where I just don't know who will beat him. Mm. Because everybody else just seems Someone like, with an elephant rifle. Right. Like, I mean, it just seems like that point now where there are so many teams that could, yeah. but everyone's had their shot at kind of going, we're the one that will, and no one seems to be able to say, we're the one that will. Yeah. And the more that that happens, the more you just think, oh, fuck, Hawthorne are just going to win it again. Yeah. And then this week, Sam Mitchell had his 300th, and I've done a really good job of hating Sam Mitchell for yeah, no have. particular yeah, reason. It's really committed. For a really fucking For 300 long time. games, Will, you've hated him. I really uh, have. You put him down. And for no <laughs> and made reason. made jokes about him. For a guy who literally like came off the rookie came list. Came off the rookie list of a VFA club. Right. Like was in the twos of a VFA club, then came off the rookie list of an AFL club. Overlooked. Like the sort of guy that I should actually love. You know, mm. a bit too slow. They did kind of, but just a guy who's like... He's Rudy. Got footy, he's got footy slides. Aussie Rudy. Right? Yeah. And I hated Rudy. Yeah. I was the bully who hated Rudy. <laughs> yes. And I've stuck to hating Rudy. Like I, Part of the reason I don't want Job to lose his Brownlow is just because I don't want Sam Mitchell to have the Sam fucking Brownlow. <laughs> and then this fucking way, bloody fucking Sam fucking Mitchell. Best on ground in his 300th. But not even that, Charlie. I caught two separate things he did during the week that made me fucking like Sam Mitchell. Oh, and I don't want it. I don't like this feeling that I'm having. Yeah. Firstly, Tony Wilson, who a lot of people might know from uh, Race Around the World, and he played a, f- a few games at Hawthorne, and he's a really brilliant author. He wrote a great book about uh, AFL football called Players, which is really hilarious. And kind of 10, 15 years ago, predicted a lot of what has actually happened with Eddie Maguire and people like that. Yeah, like, right. in the, it's, it's a very funny book. And he has kept his connection with the Hawthorne Football Club, and he has a son who uh, I don't want to speculate on because I do know actually what he's... But he, he has a son who has a, an, a, a, like a, a physical impairment of some kind and uh, so he doesn't have a traditional life in the way that he can you know experience great moments and those sort of things. I, 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 I only say it that way because I don't know what the specifics are and I don't want to like say the wrong thing and speculate. But Tony was posting pictures this week of... You know, Sam Mitchell, you know, training before his 300th, like, essentially giving this kid the greatest, like, day of his life, like, you mm-hmm. know, hugging him, like, kicking, like, you know, really kind of engaging with him. And I'm like, okay, Sam Mitchell, I'll give you that one. <laughs> but, you know, maybe even the worst person yeah. would be like, you know, this is a good story. And then he got interviewed during the week about, you know, what his career had been like and, you know, like, uh, and, you know, whether he plays some more and whatever. And he made this speech. Two players this week have just fucking made me love... Like like them in just the their attitude to the game, Sam Mitchell. He just said he goes. This is the greatest job in the world. He said I just feel lucky every day to come here. He goes. I'll be finished at one thirty today, and I'll go home and I'll pick my kids up from school and I'll pick the kids up from kinder and I get to hang out with them every day. And then I come to this club and I play football for a living. It's the greatest job in the entire world, and I'm just I'm just really happy to do it, and it's really fun. 
And I was just like, don't be humble. Fuck you, Sam Mitchell. <laughs> well, of course, it's fucking fun for you when every year you go to work and win. Yeah. Of course, we'd all fucking be able to humble if we were that good. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, it did. I was like, I liked his perspective on it. And I kind of, now I, it, it hurts me, Charlie, because I, well, he's not, I can't lose all know, these people that I hate for no he reason. He kind of reminds me a little That's bit. That's what football's about, hating people for no reason. He reminds me a little bit of Diesel. Like back when Diesel used right. to play, Diesel was an accumulator. He was should have been too short. He should have been too fat. He should have been too slow. But he was awesome. Diesel, I don't think, is as likable as Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell has oh, that arrogance. Like every third week, Diesel would fucking knife someone behind <laughs> play. But he's also, have you seen him interviewed? He's yeah. pretty sure of his, of his own ability. Yeah. But Sam Mitchell, I think, is cocky on the field. Right. That's what kind of shits you. Is it sort of like, I mean, who else was like... Well, the thing about Sam Mitchell, like that, I always like the the dislike. Like Wayne Treadray, you know what? Wayne Treadray, for instance, you think Wayne Treadray is a good bloke? You've Warren told Treadray. I, that, what, <laughs> He's mate, I was Wayne Treadray. I was merging oh, Wayne, Wayne Carey and Wayne Treadray. Wayne Treadray's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, Jake Johansson. Right? But I, I like I used to hate him when he played because I thought he's the douchiest, most yeah. arrogant fucking bloke. But I had never seen him really interviewed or anything. I was right. just going off the phone call gesture to the crowd and all that kind of stuff. But you've met him and he's actually a good bloke, yeah. right? I would say Sam Mitchell's probably in the same category. Oh, Easy to hate because of what you see. And it's also one of those things where, like, I, I think sometimes with footballers, and this is part of the fun of football, by the way, is just, like, hating someone. And you do that sort like of thing. Like it's the WWE. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're just your heel. Yeah. And you Boo. just... And, but the thing is that the things that I hate him for... The By the way, that boo was for all players. It wasn't for any players. <laughs> Lindsay. It was for Lindsay. <laughs> he, he just came in and ducked for a mention on the podcast. <laughs> boo! Ducking for mentions. Um, it, I, I, I think that I made him my heel. And so, you know, you, you do that thing like denies of climate change where like you only... Whatever information you get about the person, yeah. you funnel it into your hatred for that person. There was this great guy who rang uh, Sports Today the other night, um, rang Jared and Dwayne, and um, he was uh, bitching about, his thing was, um, he was comparing uh, Dustin Martin and Patrick Dangerfield. And this guy hated Patrick Dangerfield. (laughs) Like, this was his premise, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, you're talking about how many possessions he gets, but, you know, what about tackles? Check his tackles and see how many tackles he gets compared to Dustin Martin. And so they look it up and they go, yeah, he's got 80 and Dustin's got 60. (laughs) And the guy was like, because <laughs> you just knew that he just like wanted to believe that it was less. Yeah. He didn't want to check the stats. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm like with Sam Mitchell. Like you know when he sledged the S and M players for mm. the drug thing last yeah. year. You know was, was that? Yeah, when he yeah. gave them the whole you know injecting. And I was like, yeah, fuck him. Look at him. But the more I think about it, the more I go, no, no, that's funny. <laughs> I should love Sam Mitchell. <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have said the same thing, right? And the other thing is that I, I, I think I, as a footballer, I underestimated he, how much better he makes other footballers. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was a guy who got a lot of the football, but he didn't hurt you. You know, that was always the yeah, thing the, that you heard with Sam Mitchell. Kick. Yeah, you don't, you don't tag him because he yeah. doesn't hurt you. Yeah. But the amount of times he puts the ball in a place where so someone runs onto it, or like mm. he puts other footballers in better positions, he's. I think he's... And he just seems to get better every fucking year. Yeah. So, anyway. What I'm trying to say is... second 300 My hatred of... of, I'm finally going to admit it. Sam Mitchell is a good (laughs) one. Stop the press. (laughs) I will support 
uh, any of his 300 plus games. The first 300 are fucking write-offs to me, but the next whatever, I'm on board, Sam. Uh, back to the Doggies, Saints. Yeah. Uh, shocking night for you guys. Oh, do you want to talk about anything else you liked oh, about oh, the, the Saints only, first? Okay, the only thing yeah. that came out of me for, from that game is I think we now have three clear potential captains. Actually, okay, who are four. they? I'd say number one is Jack Stephen. So the the rumour about him is, because I have fallen in love with Jack Stephen, yeah. uh, not enough to know that he didn't have a... Well, like, it's only <laughs> you, been, you and every other fucking journalist in Australia, it's only this year people have started singularizing. I found it. out so much about your club this year. I found out it was Paddy, not Paddy McCartan. <laughs> I, uh, really, this podcast has taught me a lot, Charlie. Yeah. Um, no, I, I the knock on him is that he's not much of a... He's shy. Yeah, that he's shy. He's not much of a talker. No, he's a like, leader on the field, but he, maybe not around the... He uh, declined He declined to be in the leadership group. And so the other leaders had to get him together and basically talk him into it. And they all say... Was he negging? Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, I don't, know, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want even it. want to be in the leadership group. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, really come on, Jack. Head. Don't say like that. No. Okay, all so right. if you all want me to be <laughs> yeah. in the leadership group, I guess I'll be in your leadership group. Well, I think... That, I mean, it's the same. Rob Harvey was a reluctant captain at the Saints. Rob's also like was a shy guy and stuff. But the way... What the players... I think it was Joey Montagna said, the reason we want him in the group and why we think he's a potential captain is that he's the guy who when the chips are down will you know do the inspirational thing or go the extra effort like he he's a leader through his actions and you know they said that's that's valuable and I think okay so that puts Jack probably at the top but I think a player who I don't, 3 years ago if you'd asked me I was like what are you fucking talking about is Mav Weller yeah like Mav Weller has become an awesome fucking defensive forward and he's like Aaron Hamill like he just fucking his attack on the ball and his leadership on the ground which uh, he came from one of the establishment clubs, right? Which one did he come from? He came from? from the Suns. Yeah, that's how many good players they have at those fucking clubs that they can get rid of people like Mavuela, who are just like he is. I mean, I know he lost his way a bit because he's one of those stories, like gun, like he was meant to be a gun, mm. and now you're going, oh yeah, no, I reckon he actually is a gun. But there was some years in between where that didn't happen. Yeah, like someone speculated during the week. I heard a speculation because they named the players who weren't in the GWS team. And they said, do you think the players who aren't in the GWS team would beat the Brisbane team at the moment? The fuck, like when you That's heard the question. list, it was like, it would be hard to make an argument the other way. And I even think that still with the Gold Coast. I mean, you look at the players that people want to recruit from that place. It's not like people don't think that they've got three or four good players if they could get them on the field. Well, I guess, I mean, that, that <laughs> theoretical about GWS is, is what Essendon is, right? Yeah. If GWS had got suspended for drugs, they still might be going for the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. See. All right. Well, let's talk about the Bulldogs. Then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so just, oh, it was the third. And so there's a third, which, uh, again, like five years ago, I would never have picked, is Jaron Geary. Like, Jaron Geary is... Um, he's been playing tall all year, but he just, he, he just beats the best defender every week. You know who he reminds me of? Is it Dale Morris? Yeah. From the Bulldogs, yep. unassuming. Thanks for bringing that up as well. Injured on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got the same kind of like, he, he's, a, he's a leader. Yeah. He's, he's a battering ram. Like it's kind of, you know, in that, I guess, Lenny Hayes kind of mold. But yeah, he's one of those players where you're like, you know what? In some ways, we're going to ask more of you than you're ever going to get from us. Yes, you know? exactly. Like you're going to be one of those players that, players that is so important to the success of whatever this happens. Yeah. But part of that is going to be that you're going to have to pretty much 
You you know what you are? Use your head like a log and we're attacking an old castle. Mate, you're fucking hire a hubby. <laughs> like, you're not a specialist, but we're going to fucking throw you to any problem that I yeah, have yeah. in my house that I can't fix myself. Yeah, I cool. can't get up that ladder. Sorry. Sorry, Darren. Today, that's you. Today, you're an electrician. Tomorrow, you're a plumber. <laughs> but you'll play 250 games. Hire a hubby. You may be captain. Yeah. Hire a hubby. <laughs> hire a geary. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the dogs. So, okay, uh, so, well, the thing about it to me that was... Uh, the, the, the loss, not so much. Like, in that, you know, I mean, I, I think that... Do you think you would have lost without the injuries? I mean, here's the thing. When, when you talk about the Bulldogs and injuries, it's just been such a tough season for us with injuries. Mm. And it's not the specific injuries that I think are the problems, rather than the fact that I think there's only so long that you can overcome... Like, I think the story of this Bulldogs season is a team that has massively overcome a series of injuries. But there's a point where they're just fucking taking the piss. Where you're like, no, 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 that was already the story. We don't need more fucking injuries. Like, you know, you don't need to go 13 rounds of rope dope before you fucking start your comeback, you know? Yeah. And so out of that game, if you just look at it simple mathematics, I mean, we obviously didn't have Stringer and we were still missing Dowhouse. And I think maybe if we had those guys and we didn't get the injuries in the game... Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we're probably still a better team than the Saints with our best team in there. Um, and if we want to be like a proper team... Enjoy the podcast, mate. I'm out of here. But, we, of here. But, but, but we don't have those players. In the same way as rough, like Hawthorne don't have Roughhead, you've got to like you've got to deal with the fucking injuries. That's the yeah. whole point of the season. Like Every team gets injuries, and it's how well you deal with those injuries. I think the Bulldogs, to genuinely be a contender for the finals, had to A, finish top four... And to have the chance to lose one, not to lose a final, you know, because, or at least get two cracks at it, because, you know, we're a younger team and you haven't got all the experience. And I think that we needed, we, do yes, you, okay, you, here's the replacement theory, right? Yeah. Okay, Morris is only out for a couple of weeks, but Morris is really important to us, particularly in light of not having Murphy and those sort of, you know, players around. Like, he has been, once again, you know, the, the, the fucking Jim's mowing of our back line. Hi, hi, hi. So, well, you know, I mean, different franchises for yeah, different yeah, yeah. teams. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Good endorsement opportunities. The Bulldogs have gone with gyms and yeah. you guys have gone with Hire a Hubby. It's like, you know, yeah. we both we both have a home handyman sponsor. <laughs> so, um, I, Morris will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dalhouse will be back this week. Um, uh, Stringer will be back this week. Okay. So you've got a couple of players who come back in. So if you just look at it as simple player for player... But I don't think it is as simple as that. I think to be a really genuine finals contender, we needed Wallace and Dalhouse. We needed Redpath and Boyd. We needed Stringer. Like, we needed every single person apart from Murph that we could get back on the field to possibly have a crack at it. I mean, it'll it'll be a real insight to see how they go after this. But the two that really hurt me, I mean, mean, Wallace, I mean, it's just... So like, bad. firstly, the broken leg, it just terrifies you. That double broken leg, the one that really ruined Nathan Brown's career. And that's why you think about it. You're like, like, yeah, Nathan Brown was at the peak of his fucking form and could have been, you know, an all-time great player, I think. He was about to blossom into that player that he'd always kind of had the potential to be. Yeah. It was kind of, he was like, he was in his serial moment. Mm. You know, that he kind of been that player for ages who'd been like a, a great, yeah, a, a very, very good player with potential to be great and was suddenly having that, you know, season or two that... And then he b- broke that leg and was never the same player. Um, 
Wallace has been so good for us. Like, he is a real, like, you know, I think he's been having his best ever season, definitely. But I think he's, like, a very important player for us. And um, apparently the injury is in the good place. Apparently the good place, if you break both of the bones in your leg, is the lower the better. Yeah, that's what I often say. Right. <laughs> so if you're going to go for both bones, the yeah. lower the better. Oh, God. I just, the, I can't watch it. I, I, I've, I'm not one of those guys who likes injury tapes. And uh, I mean, he could, I, I actually, well, the like, worst thing I about it is, it. I knew it was coming because I, I knew I'd read about the break and how horrific it was before I watched the replay. And then anytime Mitch Wallace got the ball, I was like, because <gasps> I didn't know what quarter it happened in. So I kept throwing my hand up in front of my face because I knew it was coming. I'm glad I didn't see it oh, while God. I was at Splendor because Robert Smith would have stopped the gig because there was someone more depressed than him in the audience. <laughs> like he kicked him, the, the typical Bulldog story, he kicked himself in the leg. <laughs> Broke, like this is how good he's going. This is how good a season he's having. He can kick himself in the leg and he breaks both of his fucking le- like bones. That's how good the Bulldogs are going. But yeah, so him and then, but the other one was Red Bath. Yeah, because he's a guy who's already had two reconstructions, so this will be his third different leg. But um, he he's been good such, this year. Such a great story and most popular guy at the club. Uh, and he, he's, oh come on, Murph is most popular amongst the players. Yeah. Most popular, guy. he's like the the team man, the the glue. Yeah. Everybody best fucking clubman. Loves him. And if you have not heard his fucking like he was rap interviewed. album. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Red Path Posse. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ja- <laughs> you know, Jack Redman. <laughs> we play for the dogs. <laughs> we kick lots of flogs. Huh? <laughs> I mean, his they, stuff is better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he, uh, he was interviewed afterwards and he's, his interview, you've got to, like, you've got to listen to it because never has anyone just been like, it's literally the whole thing. He's just like, oh, well, mate, you know, I've done two before, so I know how it works yeah. and I'll, I've just got to keep up for the boys. You know, that's the most important thing. You know, we're about to go into the finals and we're going to be positive. So yeah. I think it's going to be really great. And. Yeah. Uh, it fucking broke my heart because it was just one of those things where you're just like of all the people who don't deserve shit like this to happen yeah but here's the opportunity if you want to put a positive spin on it Dalhouse is back this week so we have a ready made player room we've still been going okay you know without that yeah. so we've got a perfect replacement to come back in Stringer comes back in and the truth of it is that we have a guy pl- get, being paid a million dollars a year <laughs> whose job it is to do what Red Parts was doing yeah and this might be I think it's throwing it to Tom Boyd earlier than like necessarily you would want to throw it to Tom Boyd. Yep. But he has an opportunity now. Yeah. Like to like all he has to really do, and this was the great thing about Red Path is Red Path just goes up for everything. Yeah. And if Boyd just had like a run to the finals where Bulldog supporters saw him compete yep. for every fucking contest and let's see what happened, yep. it could really be the fucking making of him. Yeah. So Tom Boyd can keep your spirits buoyed. Right. <laughs> Oh, we'll sell that one to Danny McGinley for the banner. He's keeping our spirits aboard with a Y. There you go, Danny. That's a week off. Enjoy your final series. You know, uh, something that struck me uh, after the game, watching uh, all the press uh, around Wallace and stuff, was uh, Bevo. And there's been a bit of talk about Bevo. And it was funny because I was watching it and I wrote something down on my phone because I was like, I wrote, Bevo is the perfect coach for Will. And then I wrote three things. He's trendy. Yeah. He likes Doctor Who. Yeah. 
and he cries. Cries. <laughs> That's fucking you. Like, oh, mate. <laughs> you and Ben, he's the perfect coach I could not, you. I could not. It's I, like they created they had, an AF, a tough AFL version of you. If Like, literally, Bevo is my football version of Weird Science. <laughs> like, if yeah, I was it. able to come up with an imaginary yeah. fucking science robot Will, football coach. Will and I sat in his office with underpants on his head <laughs> with a copy of the footy record. <laughs> we plugged things in the footy record and created, like, Will's perfect coach. Mate, I fucking love him. I could not fucking... Bevo science. I I literally would like if there was a service like the Bulldogs ran like I I would pay for an even top like I have the highest membership you can get at the fucking Bulldogs and I would pay for a higher one if every day I could just ask Bevo about something yeah I wouldn't matter what it was I just want to hear what Bevo's fucking take on something is because he has the perfect reaction to everything like the way he summed up what we all felt was because he just said you know like he, he said everything you want to fucking say which is that this is fucking shit. He said it better than that, which is why he's the coach. And that's why I'm not the coach. Yeah, that's why he's the weird science perfect yeah. creation. That's why I have a free podcast and he's the paid AFL coach yeah. in my club because that's what I would say. So that was fucking shit, right? I mean, did you hear that thing about the cries of pain? You know, Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And that all the players were like, the not, players not were the crying players, and stuff. Because... journalists, like a lot of um, the radio journalists were saying that they're they uh, like the guys who you know have all their gear didn't want to go back in the room to get their gear because they just felt that it was like too personal and they're intruding. It was so painful. The cries of pain as they were moving him. They couldn't move him. They couldn't even move him right. at first because it was too painful for and him. And it was just that like, every all the, the players first. and all the media could just hear him screaming. Oh my god! It was like fucking the footy silence of the lambs. Yeah. <laughs> Can you oh, hear oh. the Wallace scream, Clarice? <laughs> yeah. When Bevo goes to see Kevin Sheedy <laughs> behind that perspex glass to ask him, you know, some coaching tips. I like to think when Bevo Can gets you see sad, Elder I... Wallace screaming, Bevo. <laughs> yes, he was screaming about his leg. And what did you do, Bevo? I ran. I ran to the press conference and I didn't look back. <laughs> I put on my beanie. I got on my skateboard and I got to the press conference. <laughs> yeah. Locked yeah. in the first cell is is fair. There's multiple migs. Just throwing new semen everywhere. <laughs> Come on, mate. You've come good. You redeemed yourself on the island. This is regressive. Yeah, man. It's um, I like to refer to um, uh, Shattered Bevo, and we've got to see it a couple of times this year after the Murphy thing. And after, and this is what I loved also, and this is why I fucking love Bevo as well. Again, you're absolutely right, though. You have nailed it in one thing is he's my perfect coach. Um, is that... Uh, he even referenced our player who did his ACL in the VFL. Like, I mean, yeah. it was deep cuts about the, you know, the nature yeah, of the club yeah, and yeah. stuff. And uh, I refer to it now as hashtag devastated. Ah. So every time after it, there's a devastation, <laughs> Bevo has to be devastated. So I, I, it's, I don't like it. I don't like to see it. But there's another part of me that just, it brings me closer to my football club. Oh, by the way, we need to mention this as well. My football club that lost its fucking CEO again this week. Yeah, so, so what happened there? I don't actually know. What's the skinny on that? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is. You don't know anything? Allegedly, no there rumors? was a... Alleg- What's, what did Whispers tell you? Well, the Whispers. Oh, okay. Well, Whispers says... Yeah. Oh, hang on. I think I've just got a text from Whispers. <laughs> and Whispers tells me, uh, Charlie, uh, falling out between him and Peter Gordon. There was a, there was a pokies venture and a couple other things that I've seen bandied around in the press today that didn't go the right way and whatever. He had all the right credentials for the job, 
Um, but, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the best week for it. I, don't, I think admin can come and go, to be honest. Like, unless it's sort of, you know... Yeah, but it, it's one of those things where, like, I just think there's, like, club stability. Yeah. I think you guys are in a good spot. Definitely. Is your membership up? Yeah, it's up, but it's not like... No, you're not super club. No. What, over 30... I think we broke 35,000 this year for the yeah. first time. Well, so. I think we're about the same, maybe a bit less. I don't know. I got a medal from the club this week. Why? I don't... Like, hang on. I'll, I'll, show, I'll, I'll find it, All and right. I'll show it to you, and then we can find out why I got a medal <laughs> from the club this week. Uh, so, part of what I must be involved in, because... I just kind of, uh, I pay my membership every year, but sometimes I just like, because I'm not on like a yearly renewal, um, I uh, sometimes just pay it whenever like I get back home and there's a reminder that I have to pay my membership. But I've been paying it for about, I reckon on this membership for, oh, since, I was, since I was at Triple J and I had like, you know, decent money for the first time. So I reckon 15 years I've been what they call a Top Dogs member. And uh, what that means is uh, that I have two tickets, the top dogs, and I get like a seat at Eddie Hat for all the home games, like a you know in a sp- special section. And there's only like you know a few thousand of those members, and and I buy two tickets because I imagine one day I will have a friend who wants to come to Bulldogs games with me. And I've never been on those tickets. Like in 15 years of having those tickets, I've literally never attended a game. Every year, I get my two fucking scarves and my two beanies and my two memberships and they sit in my wallet all year. Like at some stage, I will take me and another friend to the footy. But on the rare occasions that I'm in Melbourne where I get to go to the footy, the Bulldogs invite me to the lunch or look yeah, after right. me so I never have to actually fucking... But there's no one else who wants them? Well, I mean, they're my tickets, Charles. <laughs> I don't want some fucking freeloader. No, I don't know how that works. They may be non-transferable. No, but like a friend. Like a, a friend. Oh, if there is a friend, like if there is someone I know who yeah. would like to avail themselves of them, that would be my Has absolute that pleasure. Happened? No. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, really? No, never. Oh my God, anytime I have spare tickets, I can get rid of them like that. 15 years. I've had two tickets to every Bulldogs game for 15 years. You're not trying years. hard enough. Well, all my friends I know who barrack for the Bulldogs... No, but they don't have to barrack for the Bulldogs. If they're just tickets, people... I, would, I take footy tickets that aren't the Saints. Right, yeah, but then they don't they have to grab my membership? Like, then I have to get my membership to them for them to oh, give them the... Oh, right, like, right, right, right. Okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a hassle. See, that's the bit... And you I, live in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. No, so then I have to go to a post office or whatever, you know, and then I have to worry about being... Rich. That's the bit I don't like. Right. If there was a way of me them using my thing without me going through that, fucking sign me up. Let's do that. But anyway... I have a lot of scarves, 30, and I have a lot of key rings, and I have a lot of stickers and all those sort of things. And the reason that I first bought these Top Dog memberships was not just because I wanted to support the club. That was partly why. But the other reason was, with the Top Dog memberships, you are guaranteed grand final tickets. Like, so if the Bulldogs ever play in the grand final, I am guaranteed two grand final tickets, right? Greatest investment ever. It has not paid off as well as I would have hoped. <laughs> like, never. And every year. But this year, I got this from the club. A medal. The Charles Sutton. Charlie Pre- Sutton. Yeah. The Charlie Sutton, a premiership circle, team of the mighty West. What does that mean? Well, it's like a medal. Show like, me. It's a Charlie Sutton medal. I'm, I'll pass that over to you there. And then it says here. Can I, can I take it out of the plastic? Should we uh, unbag it on YouTube? Yeah, let's unbag it. Oh, I haven't actually read this, and now now that I read it more, A, it's probably going to explain what's going on, but B, 
I think you're actually going to enjoy where it goes. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I've just taken out the Charlie Sutton medal. It's mounted in a piece of cardboard with a photo of Charlie. Uh, the Charles Sutton Premiership Circle Team of the Mighty West. And the coin is bronzy-coloured copper, and it says Premiership Circle with a, with a little embossed picture of Charlie, and on the back, the Western Bulldogs logo. And it says, epitomising the Bulldog never-say-die attitude on the field, Sutton was one of the most feared players of his era, be it on the half-forward flank, on the back line, or roving. That was when he went on rove. Rove show? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he was a roving reporter for Rove yeah. show. <laughs> roving with Rove, it was called. <laughs> An inspirational captain coach who led by Captain Coach. Oh, that's a fucking bring term I haven't heard. Fucking bring it back. That's amazing. Okay, before we go on, here's my... Okay, if one of the teams in the league had a, ca- a captain coach next year... Nathan Buckley. No, 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 no. It has to be... Oh, a player. No, I don't want to coach... coach Going back to play. Oh, no, Sorry. No, no, you know what? They're both great ideas. So firstly, firstly, let's do, if one of the teams was, who was most likely, probably Nathan Buckley, yeah. of the coaches, is he the most likely to play? Who oh, could still oh, play? One of the Scots. Of the coaches. The Scots? Yeah, Brad Scott. Chris Scott and Brad Scott could both still probably play. Brendan Bolton, did he? Brendan Bolton couldn't play. He couldn't play in the fucking first place. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, Don Pike? Nah. Too old. Halves? Oh, no, we're not including assistant coaches. Bevo? Halves still Is Bevo good. still... I mean, I'm not going to say no to Bevo if Bevo wants to play. Well, but he got injured, right? That's why he retired. I know, but, you know, come back better than he is. Bevo than he is. Bevo, faster. <laughs> Bevo. <laughs> um, who else? What other coaches are there? Not Hardwick. Uh, oh, Not Richo. I, 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 oh, could, Leper? You know what? What about Leper? Oh, we could get a game at Richmond at the moment. <laughs> oh, at Richmond, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so Richmondy. If it turns out that Hardwick's pulling the boots back on next year to captain coach, that would be that would be the so Richmondy that the universe would implode on itself. What? Yeah, it'd be... Uh, okay, so Hardwick, uh, Ross Lyon, probably no. But he would... Oh, man, he'd, go, he'd be like Alistair Lynch in the 2004 Grand Final. Ross would go out for a quarter and just fucking start throwing haymakers. Uh, what about Clarko? Would Clarko still? Oh, he's the same as Ross Lyon. Yeah. <laughs> just go out and <laughs> snot some blokes. Uh, Horse, John Longmire? I no. mean, a horse could go down for... Like, he could well, play... Leon Cameron? Oh, yeah, Leon Cameron could probably still play. Actually, there's I, quite a lot, actually, that it could, you'd still be happily... Yeah. They should have so. a coaches game. <laughs> That'd be awesome. They should play. There's 18 coaches, nine aside. Yeah. Play a nine aside coaches versus coaches. At my high school. That's a fucking good game. At my high school. That's what they should do in the week off. In the week before the finals, they do the EJ Witten game one night, yeah. and then they do a nine versus nine coaches versus coaches. That's awesome. Who's last picked? Who's first picked? And who are your two captains? We'll be captains. Scott Brothers. Okay, you're Scott... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, do you want to be Brad or Chris? I'll be Brad. Okay, I'll be Chris. Okay, hang on. Let's uh, uh, bring up the coaches. Okay, list. yeah, bring up all the coaches. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring up a list of the coaches yeah. as well. That's a good idea. Uh, list of current AFL coaches. That's what I want, right? All right. Yeah. I will run through them all for you. Oh, no, I'll bring up my own list so I can refer oh, to it. okay, good. All right. Uh, should, I mean, to get this underway... Yeah. Uh, you're Brad Scott, you said, right? Yeah, I'll go Brad I'm Scott. Chris Scott. Okay, um, you get to call... Brad? Okay. Uh, heads or tails? Heads. Okay. And it is uh, tails, so I'm going to take first pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick uh, first off. Um, 
I go for uh, Nathan Buckley. I just think he wants to win. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Buckley first. Pick. Um, what do I need? I'm, key position, hard to get. I'll go Justin Lepage. Okay, yeah, no, you know what? That's a pretty good choice, I think, early on. Uh, I'm going to go with the same sort of uh, theory, so I'm going to go horse, John Long. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm going to straighten my team up a little bit. Yeah, I think I need a bit of class on the halfback, Leon okay. Cameron. Okay, that is, I mean, that is a good pick, and I, I do think you, you really think about the way we should be putting together this team. You need somebody who's going to really be able to move the ball around. Uh, oh, jeez. Beverage. Gotta go oh, yeah, with Bevo. Bevo on yep, the ball. gotta get with Bevo. So I've got Buckley to Bevo down to horse. Yep, no, that's good. I'm happy with okay. that so far. Okay, I got Leper to Cameron. I need a bit of leg speed. Yep. Uh, you know, well, Cameron's big, but we need a smaller player in, a, in and under. Yep. Fuck, who do I go to? Oh, Clarko. I'll get Clarko. Yeah, okay, fair Put enough. Put Clarko on the ball. Nuggety Rover. No, that's, that, that, I mean, I think that's a pretty good choice. And I need somebody, obviously, to punch Clarko. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Ross Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> Lyon straight to Clarko. Yeah. That's my that's my entertainment pick. Um, all right, I'm going to balance out Leon Cameron and put Hinkley on the other back flank. Oh, Hinkley, that's yeah. pretty old school. Look, I, I think I, you do certainly need that sort of player who's just a really good running player. But I'm going to go with someone a little bit more current. Uh, Adam Simpson is going to be my choice. Oh yeah, nice, nice. Um, need someone to cut the oranges yep. and just stay out of everyone's way so I'll pick Rodney Ede <laughs> <laughs> has either of us picked Dimmer we know either of us have right no I'm you pick Dimmer, Dimmer. Yeah, definitely yeah. Dimmer for yeah, me get a hard man in there yep. um, shit just in case uh, Clarko punches out Ross <laughs> I'll send in Dimmer um, I guess I'll take Don Pike Don Pike yeah okay alright well now we're getting down to the bottom of this yeah, list no. aren't we Oh no, Wusher. I'm happy to have Wusher in the team. Oh yeah, yeah we'll be, be, we might be captain. I mean, yeah, I mean, we need oh, no, to... we're the captains, Brad and Chris. You know what? No, no, Wusher can be captain of my team. Okay. Chris is just happy to like, you know what? Wusher will just organise defence and Chris will, I'll just run off the back line. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so I'll, I'll put Leper at fullback and I'll put Paul Ruse at centre halfback. Oh, Ruse! I mean, it's, you know what? <laughs> I got some, it's I got actually a, I got a, a strong of, spine. You know what? This is actually how deep this list goes. That you can pick someone as good as fucking Paul Roos. Oh, no, but, but it's Paul Roos now, right? <laughs> I'm not getting Paul Roos of like No, 95. but still, I reckon still Paul Roos now would be fine, right? Okay. Nah. <laughs> no. No. I still the same street as him. Okay, right? so um, now we're pretty much... What well, we got? Two picks left? Is yeah. that where we are? At? It's, uh... So it's Richardson or Bolton? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I hate to be, hate to be Richo right now, right? Yeah, I he know. was a better player than well, that. No, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say Richo, Richo for me. So you, you get Brendan. He'll be enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, maybe that was that was more fun than the other way. Uh, <laughs> so we can just do that. Uh, yeah. So uh, to finish off the coin, an inspirational captain coach. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who led by example. Charlie Sutton led Footscray to the club's first VFL finals win in 1953. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, that was your first finals? Yeah. 53? How yeah. long have you been in the, the competition? Is- Whatever, mate. We won the whole fucking thing in 54. So, so it's like... <laughs> that was a good fucking couple of years. We won our first final in 53. We won the whole fucking thing in 54. I mean, we were probably going to be the greatest team of all time. We might have thought at the time. Uh, 
But the 1954 Premiership was his crowning glory. And our team's crowning glory. <laughs> when he built a host of talented players into a champion team. Was he Li- captain coach that yeah, year? Yeah, and literally built... Bevo, those- pull the boots back on. That's the secret to the Bulldogs' second Premiership. Reverse the curse. Annex the hex. You know, the thing is, he actually built the players too. Like, a lot of people don't know that, but literally built them from scratch. <laughs> the entire play. team was made of cyborgs. Oh, shit, the coin just fell out. <laughs> oh, we should have tossed the Charlie Sutton I thought that's what you were like, tossing. Oh, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, no, I, just, that's what I, I just grabbed a random fucking coin. I, no, you should have tossed. I forgot that we actually had... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so I met Charlie Sutton. Uh, and Did you? It, yeah, it was a great pleasure in my life. He was a very nice guy and he was a great fun, even in his older age. He was one of those guys that if you went to a lunch mm. and you got to have like, you know, half an hour having a drink with Charlie Sutton, it was a, a, a very nice half an hour of your life. So Charles Sutton, this is my certificate that's come with it yeah. because everybody still needs a certificate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles Sutton Premiership Circle, Will Anderson. The Western Bulldogs, thank you for your participation in the inaugural year, which explains it. It's right. the inaugural oh. year of the Charles Sutton Premiership Circle. So it okay. is a new thing. If I just read the little yeah. piece of cardboard signed by Robin Murphy and Luke Beveridge that they've sent me here, uh, I would have understood that. But here's the thing. There's an accompanying letter yeah. that it turns out also explains more of it. Uh, dear Will, thanking... This is my favourite sentence that I had not read before I just glanced at it before I just read it now. Dear Will, thank you for choosing to upgrade your membership package. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure I did <laughs> choose to upgrade my membership package. So either they have, or I think that my pre-existing membership package has, maybe, automatically. Yeah, has become now this top yeah. package. But anyway, so uh, here's what I get, Charlie. It's its inaugural year. Being part of the Charles Sutton Premiership Circle is guaranteed... Uh, what's the asterisk? So it says... Your Charles Sutton Premiership Circle Limited, uh, blah, 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 has guaranteed asterisks. So always good to have Never an asterisk in there. Let's go down the asterisks. Members with guaranteed access will be required to follow the appropriate procedures as communicated by the Western Bulldog. Oh, yeah, right. So there's fucking terms and conditions, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, I guaranteed uh, the best available reserve seating at the grand final should the Western Bulldogs participate. Is uh it's hard to write um, choked laughter <laughs> in a letter, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, then there's a lot of emojis that I don't understand <laughs> yeah. that seem very disparaging. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that is. Uh, there's other games played on the weekend. Yeah. Did any catch your fancy? Uh, I don't know. What happened? Let me have a look at what happened on the weekend. Do you, North what, Beat what about Collingwood, you? which... Okay, well... Two I... things happened on the weekend. Yeah. North Beat Collingwood, which is bad. What For bad you. luck. But Port but, lost to GWS. What's good? What good luck? But um, yeah, fucking Collingwood. You can never rely. That's why you hate Collingwood. The one time I wanted them to fucking win, they lost. I thought North Melbourne would win that game, and I thought the Pies would. Here's the other thing I'm going to say: is turns out uh, Cloaks is still terrible if he can't cheat. So. Pretty sure I said that a couple of weeks ago. Turns out it's true. Turns out when he had a fucking fucking honey on his fucking fist, <laughs> he was able to stick the fucking ball to it. His but as soon as he love. takes off his fucking Michael Jackson gear, not that good. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear the story about how that came out? That it was Goddard that got him in trouble. No. So 
Goddard had been sent all these gloves by whoever makes the gloves, right? As part of like a sponsorship thing. Because it's an NFL glove oh, that he right. wore. And Goddard was like, I'd like to wear this glove. And But they went, oh, you can't. It's not official. And then he saw Cloakie wearing the glove. And so he just went and was like, oh, I just wanted to wear that glove. Can I wear it now? Like he wasn't actually trying kind to kind of dob him in. Yeah. But he Did. dobbed him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Nah, Colin... It's kind of amazing though that he was able to get as far as he was onto the field wearing it without someone checking it. Like, I imagine you can't even bring in a fucking energy drink in your sports bag without someone having to fucking veto it beforehand. I mean, it, ask I, Ahmed Saad. I mean, it, well, yeah. I mean, that wasn't quite a sports drink. It wasn't like you know they were sponsored by Gatorade and he bought in Powerade. Like <laughs> it was a slight step further than that. <laughs> But yeah, I know I agree. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't imagine that. that like, isn't that? I mean, it, I don't want to step on the uh, the, the territory of Jung Time AFL, an excellent uh, AFL podcast that you should all listen to. But is that not a boot stutters area? Do you I mean is that, is the glove not is or is that like a demarcation thing? Is there a separate? Do they need a glove stutter? Well, they been... do. Clubs need a specialist glove handler who's kind of like the boot stutter of gloves. Who after the game kind of looks after the gloves, makes sure Do all they the gloves are up to... they have to wash their own to... jumper? No. Oh, so all the clothes are there for them when they turn up. Is that honestly what you think of it? Yeah. What's so in like their... after the game... Well, what's in their bags? I don't know. Like their headphones or whatever. But they're huge sports bags. So they don't bring like their jumpers and stuff and socks and shit. I mean, probably their shoes, right? They probably have their own boots that they probably bring. They don't need a bag that big. Any AFL players out what? there? Just like, coming in in a handbag. What is like a little shoe yeah. bag? <laughs> what? Just like what do you think they should be carrying into the game? I don't know. Just uh, if like a backpack would hold a, a pair backpack? of boots. You can't wear a backpack when you're a professional athlete. Why not? Because it fucks up your hips and your back. You're not meant to wear backpacks. Oh. They're athletes. They're finely tuned athletes. What you so want to putting up? a sports bag over one shoulder is better <laughs> for your back. I mean, yeah, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> A much bigger bag. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, I'm sure they I mean, do have laundry I don't know, by the service way. there. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they take... Well, would they have their... I mean, when I you mean, do they have their... at your junior level, you handled all your own washing. Your team didn't bring the jumpers for you. No, you? your mum did it. Yeah, but... what? Your mum did, did it? Spoiled. I did my own washing, mate. Well, you were like the fucking 15th kid or yeah, something. that's right. Mum was like, you know what? I've, wa- I've watched some fucking shit. You wash your own fucking shit. And you know what? I know those socks aren't dirty from footy. So that's why I'm not washing them. You didn't play eight games of footy this week, mate. Baywatch was on. That's why you don't have any socks left. Wash your own fucking socks, you dirty pervert. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what you meant. I... Uh, no, but AFL players don't watch their own, wash their own kit, and it's different every no. week. Your kit's different every week. It's not like you're like they don't trust like fucking Cloaky or fucking Brent Harvey or whatever. Brent Harvey like four hundred weeks hasn't had to go. Fuck, is an indigenous round? Better grab that jumper. Like, yeah. Well, maybe they have to bring their own shorts in. No, it's all provided. Are you sure? Ah, oh, no, no, because the uniforms would be they're a whole they all match and shit now. You couldn't you couldn't risk a guy bringing black shorts in when it's right, like the wrong shorts. The M and M's jumper you're wearing. I mean, surely it's all organised, right? I, I, don't, I, know. Mean, I, don't, I don't know, know. either. I would yeah, like no, you're speaking very confidently, like well, now that I start, very loudly and now that I start so. thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe I guess that's not the case. But well, I think it, it might be a bit sense of both. me because it's you'd all bring in the your same own socks, uniform. Right? You'd bring in your own socks and like 
um, you know, compression tights or whatever the fuck. Oh you're yeah, wearing. Or you, that's what would be in the bag. Yeah, all that extra shit. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But, but I'd say you'd bring your own socks. That'd give compression you compression At the start or... of the year, you'd get like you know forty pairs of socks or whatever, and you'd bring your own socks in. Every week. Oh, then again, maybe not, because they wear different socks too, don't they? Yeah. And it's too hard for a footballer to think about what shorts he's Do wearing. Do you want fresh socks every week? Is it like, like, is it like Lord of the Dance? Is it like one of those things where you no, just not, like only wear... No, not, not fresh socks every Yeah, but you wouldn't... Yeah, but I mean, if it is Yeah, right, uniforms, but you wouldn't swap socks around, would you? Are they keeping socks? And washing them Or do they wear them once or do they I feel weird about that. Like, is that a waste of socks? I don't want to wear mummy's sock next week accidentally. Right. So they're bringing their own socks. I think that's what you'd be like. You'd be like, oh, I had a shitty game because I was wearing Zach Dawson's socks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't kick this way. I was wearing Levi Caswell's socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to know if if there's anyone... <laughs> this is what the podcast has become yeah, since know. we stopped talking about games. Do footy players bring their own gear? Okay, if you had to guess, what would you say? How much of their own gear do you do they I would bring? say the guess? club provides the shorts and jersey. Oh. They bring their own socks. Oh, shit, maybe they have to bring their own shorts too because do you want to wear another player's shorts? And no, they're going to be different sizes. But they'd be so like- you got to, I reckon the club provides the jerseys. Oh. You bring your shorts and socks and anything else, compression gear, boots. I think club provides everything and every week it's new. Is it? No. Could it be new every week? That is such a waste of socks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. I could not agree with you more. Have we uncovered a scandal uh, yeah. in the AFL? Yeah, that there's a the racket. AFL is the giant sock waste. Like, I mean, those socks aren't being made by fucking billionaires Can in the Bahamas. Send? Those socks are being made by fucking children in the fucking Bangladesh or You've something. You've got Rob right? Murphy's number. Yeah, shoot him a little. Uh, hey, Rob, this might sound <laughs> a little <do>. weird. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> hey, I don't know if you're missing footy, but <laughs> do you guys, uh, do you guys ever bring... Okay, you know what? I'm going to fucking message him during this podcast, and if he gets back to me by the end of it, that okay. will be a bit of a fun moment. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, like... Because you'd have to have someone who's in charge of, like, laundry facilities and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if you'd want to be swapping... Risk unless they wash every uniform separately. That's the only way you could guarantee that you're not wearing Zach Dawson's socks, because right. that's the, your greatest concern. What right? should I say to him? Like when in this message, <laughs> you should say, uh, "Just uh, talking about footy, <laughs> and was wondering, <laughs> do you bring any of your uniform to a game, or is it all provided?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, he's blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm writing in this message. But anyway. If we had Mike Howell doing a live stream on this, we could call him live on air like we're a fucking breakfast radio show. Oh, man, I've got a question for you. You're with Chicken and the Fart. Okay. Hey, man. <laughs> That's how you got to start. Yeah. These sort of messages. Uh, totally weird question out of nowhere. Uh, currently doing our footy podcast and we started talking about how much of your own uniform you bring to the games. <laughs> <laughs> and how much the club provides each week. <laughs> if you get the chance, can you let us know? <laughs> You've got nothing better to do, right? You know? Seeing so you come injured. This is the responsibility of the, the club captain. leader, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, not weird at all. It'd be amazing. Oh, no, hang on, he's blocked me. So, um, <laughs> you're right, you predicted it. That was Charlie's luck of the week. <laughs> luck of the week. Uh, Stephen Dank got shot. At. At, sorry. Shot no, it didn't graze him, though. I think it went... Uh, yeah, it went past his head or something. So what's that all about? Who's doing that? I got vaccinations today. I was telling you this before. I got vaccinations today um, uh, for work and just because a friend of ours had a baby. So I had a bunch of vaccinations. So I'll have autism on Tuesday. Yep. So it'll be yep. a whole new podcast. Yeah. Right. I was just like, I actually yelled at it's the It's okay. Doc- if you eat paleo, it'll cure you. Yeah. No, I yelled at the doctor. I said, I'm going to have some bone broth. <laughs> Not use sunscreen and I'll be fine. <laughs> Um, and uh, the doctor did the injections there in his doctor's office. And I was like, don't we have to go off-site before I get these shots and sign a series of forms to say that I'll never tell anybody about these injections? (laughs) Yeah, um, the dank thing is like, just the more you learn about that dude, the more trustworthy he sounds. (laughs) The dank you. Well, he he swears he's going to blow the lid off this. You know who he reminds me of? A young Jeffrey Edelston. (laughs) It's got he's the same colourful personality. Uh, he really is, isn't he? He's like, yeah, like 40 years from now, he's still going to be fucking around. Colourful football identity. Yeah. You know what? To be honest, since Edelston, we actually haven't had like a proper Nutcase. dude who's like... Because the thing is, it keeps getting reported like it's a footy story. But he has nothing to do with footy. Mm. Like anymore. Mm. He's been banned from footy forever. Which he's appealing, by the way. Which is one of the... The balls on this fucking guy. No wonder it's amazing he didn't get shot in his fucking balls because, yeah. like, they're twice the size of his fucking body. Yeah. Like, he, like, he's trying to appeal his ban for being involved in the AFL. Does he honestly think that even if he does that, there's going to be some AFL club that's like, oh, well, you know, well, now we'll give a shot. Yeah, we'll yeah. Take you a second go. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy that he's still part. But do of they? It. Is there any suspicions about who fired the shots? Who fires shots at people in their house, Charlie? Um, gangsters. Allegedly. Bikies? Yeah. I mean, bikies, right? Right. And he's involved in like, yeah, well, he has like rumoured involvement, alleged rumoured involvement in, or whatever uh, the fuck it is. International in shipment of illegal, illegal substances. Illegal drugs. So it's like, I mean, I mean. Good man to get to your, to your club. Uh, bikies and football players, good, always good mix. Well, Bomber Thompson's book came out this week and, uh, oh, Boomer Harvey's. Did you see any of that? Fucking... Don't you think that's odd timing? That they would release that book before he breaks Michael Tuck's record? I mean, I can understand why you do it for publicity, but just don't release the chapters that everyone wanted you to release. <laughs> well, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, what you're really looking at there is a series of different competing interests. Mm. Because what you're really saying is, if you're Brett Harvey, right? Brent Harvey. Fuck, he's played Fuck 450. Hell. Jack Stevens. If you're, if you're, Brett, Brett Jack Harvey. Stevens. If you're Paddy McCartan, uh, Jared Wheatley, <laughs> Jake Johannesson, or any of the other players who I misname week to week. Jared Wheatley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Name check that. Yeah, I had to get it ro- wrong on no, purpose. No, you got it wrong. I did, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, and I got it wrong on purpose. Oh, and that was that's even harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it, it was really hard. weeks to get it right on purpose. Uh, anyway, Brett Delidio. Um <laughs> Brent Harvey, uh, 
if you're him and you want to sell books, so if that is the only thing that you want to do, of course, this is the perfect week to release it. And if you want to sell books, the bits that they release are the bits that are going to sell the most books. That's the most controversial bits, and they are the most controversial bits. But Brent Harvey isn't just an author. Brent mm. Harvey is a football player who is about to be, in at least one measure of the game, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we are a game that doesn't believe that the person who plays for the longest is the greatest player of all time, but we are certainly a game that has a respect for, you know, longevity and being able to play the game over that period of time. So I think he was going to have a week where, regardless of what people thought about him, uh, that the whole football community was going to embrace him because it's just a fucking, it's an amazing effort and it's something to be applauded. So I don't think those two things go together. I think the fact that they wanted to sell a lot of books and getting this controversial thing out there sells all the books and stuff, but it doesn't allow in that week for everybody to truly embrace it. You don't want a week where in his interviews he's being asked about the scandal and these sort of things and dredging all that up when they should just be asking him about what it was like to kick five goals in that first fucking Victorian game he played, you know, with all those superstars or what it's like to, you know, still be, you know... What it's like to play football again, uh, with the son, Jay Gresham, of a guy that you used to play junior football with. What it's like to win a lottery for a car at your club and <laughs> refuse to give it back in so somebody else could win it. You know what I mean? All the what, good... it, what, what it's like to be the only person whose feet are visible in his driver's license photo, <laughs> to borrow a Dennis Committee line. Yeah, I mean, I think it's unfortunate. And I think it's unfortunate that in, particularly in light of, which is not a thing that the authors of the book, like that he or when they put the book together because of the timeline, they wouldn't have known that Archer and Kerry would get together in Bali and that, yeah, Kerry would speak at the North Melbourne thing. I know, and but don't Stevens you think just d- delaying, it, delaying it just a week would have, you know, you still would have had like, you know, if they win this week and, you know, they celebrate Boomer having a win in his record-breaking game, then you'd release the book then and then you don't fucking damage the lead up oh no i agree with that by the way but i but then you've got the people who like use the excerpts in the paper and the people who want to sell the books they don't care about that yeah this is the point that's when you the problem is that you can't be a best-selling author and a footballer at the same time i honestly don't think you should i think you should wait to release your book until after you've finished your career that's the perfect time and then you dump on anyone that's Mm. the fucking footy player way to do it but don't do it while you're still playing yeah. I mean, particularly if you're a Boomer Harvey. I mean, he'll probably put out the fucking sequel before he's done. <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely. put out eight books. It'll eight be like Harry it. Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like, didn't he have like two goals and like 26 possessions last week or something? Mate, he's, I mean, he's had an up and down season, but at his best, he's been still like, you know, one of, if not their best player. Yeah. We've talked, spoken about it before. It's because he's got that tiny little body. Like he just doesn't have enough distance to damage hamstrings or anything. It makes him durable. But, you know, he's one of those underrated players that I think, this would have been a great week for us all to celebrate, you know, how good he actually is. And I think it's been a bit spoiled by the whole yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for Carey, it's it's an interesting one for Carey because I heard him talk about it on the weekend and he was really vociferous about the fact that they'd never paid anyone hush money. Mm. And it's hard, it's hard to know whether that's true or not true, like whether Boomer was just speculating that he'd heard it. Yeah. Or whether... Because, you know, you know, like hush money is a thing that has been paid clearly in the AFL before. Definitely. Maybe Kerry didn't even know about it. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Like, or whether he... I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But it was... Yeah, I don't think it was perfect. Hey, there was two games that I thought were very similar for what they say about the teams that won. 
It was the Sydney Carlton game and the West Coast Melbourne game. Both were like by a similar margin yeah. against teams they should have beaten by more. West Coast are interesting because West Coast are they in the four again now? Yeah. And they're not Oh no, they're fifth, I think. But they haven't like it's one of those things with the like the eight where if someone loses and someone they could be second next week, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's where we're at at the moment. They're, they're like the Mr. Bean of the AFL right now. They're just like stumbling their way to a fucking top four finish. I mean, they really are. They've had a terrible season compared but to last fifth. year's season. They're fifth. And they just, they're Forrest Gumping it. Yeah. <laughs> they're Stephen Bradbring it. Did, yeah. were they, could they fucking Bill Shorten an election? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're, yeah, they're, no, none of their players are really playing that well and they're still winning games. They win a lot. Yeah. They're just getting it done. And it's bit. also that game in particular is a classic example of Melbourne like shooting themselves in the foot. They had Something like 10, 15 more entries and all that kind of stuff. But but with West Coast, like any of the interstate teams, like Adelaide, who like were a bit disappointing on the weekend, but um, have so many like you know, easy games on the lead up to the finals. Like if Adelaide finished top two, or if West Coast finished top four, mm. there's still got to be a fucking crack at it, right? Because yeah. you get home finals in your home state, and then you're in the fucking mix, and then you just have to win a couple. Yeah. Like, you know, West Coast, the West Coast, I mean, Adelaide have been pretty good all season. Like, if they won it, then you'd be like, okay, well, Adelaide are a pretty good season and they, yeah. they could definitely win it. Yeah. But West Coast, if West Coast fucking won it, then yeah. that would be crazy. It's, it's, it's weird that West Coast are even in there, but they're still doing quite well. But Adelaide, you feel, had the loss that they were going to have, you know? I mean, it wasn't the worst possible circumstances. It was like, oh, it's in the wet against Geelong at home. You forgive a team for dropping one of those. Also, nature. Geelong though, like Geelong got almost the anti. Like, so we should have so Geelongy as well, because Geelong are the opposite <laughs> Sounds of Richmond. Sounds like a great like reggae band. Yeah, so Geelongy. You, you guys, yeah, you guys saw so Geelongy, right? Yeah, that's splendid. They're yeah. Awesome. I fucking loved them. Four o'clock in the afternoon, but still fucking cool, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, um, because they're the opposite. Like they're the anti Richmond in some ways. Yeah. Like they beat anyone good. But you know you want to watch them against the teams that they sh- that, you know that, that they should beat. That's their tr- their problem. Well, an- another milestone man, Jimmy Bartel. Jimmy Bartel, who uh, we mocked roundly last week for his beard, and then found out the poorly why. researched podcast <laughs> yeah. that we have. It turns out yeah, it's in our title. It's in the song. Turns out it's growing the beard um, to uh, raise awareness to raise awareness of domestic violence. I mean, I, I'm not going to be critical of that because clearly that's a really great cause. But mm. he wasn't raising enough awareness that we'd fucking stumbled <laughs> upon it. But but he but it turns out that heaps of our listeners raised our awareness. Yeah, yeah. and the way people let us know, thank you. You were very gentle. You were, in, in the way you let us know. No, you know what? You were very generous. In that you understood that we did not know, and yeah. that and you gave us it was. Feedback offered. You know what? I don't think that's how leadership teams do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't frank and honest discussion. It wasn't 360 degree feedback. No, it was no. very nicely delivered. Yeah. You know, some of these millennial players, Charlie, you've got to approach them in a, in a different way. That old style fire and brimstone doesn't yeah, work. That's you've right. got to, Sometimes just, teams just need a cuddle. They, they just, just need, need a cuddle. cuddle. Yeah. That's what we need. Right? <laughs> and you guys gave us a cuddle. A cuddle and a slap on the side of the head. And it turns out that he's shaving it off in grand final week. Yeah, right. So, you know, maybe what he might do is he'll shave it off on the fucking podium yeah. when he wins the Norm Smith again, <laughs> again. on fucking grand final day. Well, he's playing That'll his, raise some awareness. He's playing his 300 this week. And did you see him last week? So funny. I mean, we did... Uh, not know that he, he was raising awareness for domestic violence, but we weren't mocking him because the very next conversation we had was us reading his Wikipedia entry and just saying what an amazing player he is. And then last weekend, he was awesome. He's just fucking so good in the wet. 
Oh, it, uh, I loved the TV show Lost, and mm. there was this guy Desmond Hume, and he was the constant. And there was this like line in Lost, like Desmond Hume is my constant. It was this like important line because he was the guy that connected everything. Jimmy Bartel is Geelong's constant. Mm. He's just always fucking Jimmy. And so 300 this week, and then Corey Enright breaks the Geelong Games record this week as well. So this is a proper big. We've got. I mean, this is us. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Out. The Bulldogs go down there to to play that, and that's a tough. This, I mean, this will be. We'll find out a lot about what the Bulldogs are about this season, this weekend, because yeah. after everything that happened last weekend, and then going to Geelong in such a milestone occasion for two of their most loved players, like, that's a tough. That's going to be a tough ask. So, yeah. if we are able to, you know, be competitive or even win that game, I think then maybe there's some real hope left in it, but. Mm. It's going to be fucking hard work, and then we've got North the next week. Yeah, I've been looking forward, and I've been, I've been. You're getting, not taking it one week at a time. I have not been taking it one week at a time in a really terrible way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Richmond stayed with Hawthorne for a half, and then because Hawthorne kicked four goals, forty-seven. Yeah, and then I got blown away. Hardwick comes out and says Dusty Martin played a terrible game with his thirty-nine possessions. I mean. So Mal, Mal, uh, no, it wasn't Mal Brown. Mal, yeah. Uh, Mal, oh, no, it was, um, uh, old mate from Carlton. Yeah. Mike McClure. Mike McClure. <laughs> oh, not Mike McClure. I'm nailing names in this podcast. Mike McClure, you know, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't know, fucking, maybe Dimmer will pull the boots on and, and coach next year. I mean, they have to. Darcy Martin is not their problem. No. They have like, to. Like, yes, Darcy Martin. Here's that, the thing. But they, about, they, but they, they have to take good... drastic action, right? Like, they yes. cannot. Make minor changes. They they need to do something big. They need to trade out or delist or or get draft picks or something because I don't think they can get. I can't think they can trade in talent. I think they need to go to the draft, but they need to get their picks higher. They need to get a few in the top in the first round. This is the thing about Richmond that like when we talk about clubs and like how you judge the success or value of a club, um, Richmond on so many scales are like a industry leader club. The way that they have built their membership, like, you know, it's stunning. The way that they've kind of organized the structure and the, like, you know, the kind of organization of the club from a business sense and turn that club around. It's like industry leading. They're as good as anyone in the competition. But because it's fucking football, at the end of the day, all we give a shit about, it's like you were saying about who cares who the CEO is. We just care if we're winning or not winning. And that's the fucking problem with Richmond is the team that they have and the players they have I just can't see them... You just can't see them winning. No. There's no... I don't think there's a way that you can make that team in this current day competition good enough to be a premiership team. I think they just had their premiership window. That's the fucking problem and that's the awful thing about the nature of this competition. It might be what's happening to North as well. Only one team can win every year. Mm. And if you have some super team like Hawthorne and then you have a couple of really fucking great teams like you know your Johns and your Sydneys, Sydney. then there's not a lot of opportunity for other teams. So you can do a proper build, and you can get the best team that your club's had in a very long time, and you can play the best football your team has played, and, you know, get to a couple of preliminary finals, and then fall off, mm. because that was the top of the peak of your... Because not everyone can peak at the grand final. It's just literally impossible in an 18-team competition where one team wins for every team to be the winner every year. Yeah. I kind of feel like North and like North and Richmond were in similar boats where I think they both did build something to a peak. Yeah. And they had a crack at it. 
and they didn't quite get there. And then you have to go back a bit and kind of yeah. regroup and see what happens. I think Dimmer knows that. I think he's the right coach to take him forward. It's, but yeah, but there's a point, like we were saying about Leper, where there's a point where you just you like, lose a, the players. a fresh start is just a fresh start. Yeah, and sometimes well, the, easiest, the easiest thing you can do is sack the coach. Yeah, but he, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine he would say out of a job for long. I think people recognise he's a good coach. He's just misjudged those, you know, the dra- the players they got in just misjudged it. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't. I don't even think that's the case. I mean, is there any difference between Ross Lyon and Damien Hardwick? Ross Lyon got St Kilda almost to a premiership, for almost to a premiership, but in the end, he didn't. So what's the difference between those two guys? They both misjudged it. I think they've... But that's my point. Is like, I sometimes think that we judge things like, you know, if, if Muse released an album and it's the fifth biggest selling album of the year, then... We don't go, fuck you, Muse. Radiohead fucking kicked your ass this year, Muse. Fuck you. You should get two drummers. Like, you kind of go, well, Fifth was pretty good. Like, you you worked really hard and you put something together and you built something. And I, that's why I think with the Bulldogs this year, if we finish this year out well and we... I mean, I'd love if we won a final, but if we play finals and we represent ourselves well and whatever, then... Sometimes you just like you've just got to do the best you could do with the th- like the cards you were fucking dealt. I just don't think Richmond like I think they had a crack and then mm. they fell off really quickly. Who are their champions? Like who are their players who are just so fucking good that like okay, okay here's a okay here's, a, Martin, here's yeah. a thought experiment. Let's be captains again. Okay, we're the Bulldogs and we're uh, St Kilda and we have Richmond's list and we've got. You take first. 10 picks. So we get ten. five each. Oh, I, c- I couldn't come up with right. that's Okay, so that's my five. point, right? Five. No, but we get five each. Five each? Yeah. Okay. So let's see when we run out of people that we think All right, would be toss good the, in our team. Should I toss it to Charlie Sutton? Ch- yeah. I'm going to toss off Charlie Sutton. Yeah. And as soon as we um, as soon as soon we run out of players that we think would get into our team, that's the end of the game. Heads. <laughs> say, I know. That was the most ungoed toss. I so wish this was being live video fucking stream. But anyway. Tails. Tails. Okay, I'll okay. Go, oh, you go first. Yeah. Uh, I will take uh, Dustin Martin. I will take uh, Delibio. I'll take Trent Cochin. I will take uh, Rewa. I'll take Griffiths. I'll take Rance. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. I, to be honest, I probably would have taken Rance earlier, but it slipped yeah. my mind as well, so I was really hoping you'd be um, I will take Hooley. I'm done. That's it. At the Bulldogs, I don't think any of those other players will get in the Bulldogs team. At least, like, I don't think there's any players in our team currently that I would go, I would swap you for any of the other Richmond players. Mm. Anyway, hello, Richmond fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've still got the best song, and let's yeah. not fucking forget that, yeah. guys. So, <laughs> you uh, don't get to sing it a lot, but when you do, it's a great song. And so, the last game, I think, was Port Adelaide GWS. Yeah. Which Port, Port looked okay at the start. Did, but they did exactly what they've been doing all year, like fucking up people's tips. Yeah, that's. Then they should have won that game. They're at home. They're up at halftime, and then it was just a third quarter. But look, hey, I'm not fucking complaining because that puts us uh, yeah. one game clear of them. But then also, we needed North. It was also well. one of those games. I saw a little bit of this one just because, mm. a bit like you, <sighs> I, this weekend. If I was ignoring that, like it's one of those weekends where I'm like, I'm going to ignore that. Uh, uh, football happened. Yeah. But then like, it's not like I'm going to watch some porn, but I might just watch like a, 
like three minutes on fucking uh, Red Tube mm-hmm. of Pong. Yeah. That's what GWS are sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watch the GWS yeah. highlights. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And you can't help but fucking enjoy yeah. watching them play football well. Yeah. Like their highlights each week. Oh, except for... no. Oh, I saw, by the way, I saw Dylan Shield at my local cafe. He was uh, walking to his table and you should have seen... Oh, that makes sense because you live in Greater Western Sydney. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, uh, the way he moved to get through the, uh, the, the tables to get to his seat, it was like he was a smooth mover, even carrying a latte. Yeah, it's one of those things where they, oh, and what about Magic Doors Mark, though? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That, that's the other thing that was like a highlight. That was, that was amazing, but it's not fucking Mark of the Year. And you don't think that's Mark no. of the Year? No. What Mark this year is better than that? Um, do you think Danaher's mark is better than that because that's the other one people keep saying yeah I, I think I like Danaher's more but, more height but yeah but Dor was it like was flying like Superman yeah and the other thing about him is that like it was mostly him do you know what I mean like in that mark like I mean I know he was on the back but he wasn't like there were, a lot of it was just fucking leap you know just yeah. him kind of leaping forward like some highlighter yeah but Joe Danaher leapt onto um, whoever's shoulder Dempster or whatever uh, now there's another mark this year I can't remember it but um, they were talking about it as the bit like uh, Brad Scott came out and said it's the greatest mark of all time. That's yeah. definitely not the case. I know, but Brad Sean Smith's mark is the. I best I think Brad's trying to get Mad Jack's price up. Yeah, right. I, to be oh, honest, yeah, yeah. With you, that, like, he's amazing. He's really funny. Yeah, and you want him at the club. He tells good jokes. God. Tell you what, he he gave me a latte. He's a barista now. His mum makes these awesome uh, biscuits that he brings in every second week. Uh, he doesn't. His name's not just Magic. He actually does magic. <laughs> he's magic. He's literally magic. You know that movie, The Prestige, that was based on his youth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, there's so many better marks. Well, who, what's your favourite like mark of all time? What do you think is the greatest mark? Ooh. Roach, Jezalinko, Moorcroft, Silvani. Okay, I, I think two. I, there's two that like appeal to me. Ah, oh, I got three. I'm gonna go with three. And what Can about I have three? Yeah, go with three. I'm gonna. They, these are my top. Your Mark's top three. Will's top three. Mark's the week. I'm not going to count the Ablett one, even though I was there when that happened, because I actually don't think he marked it. No, it wasn't a mark. Right. So, but that if if he had marked it, I would put that on my list. But uh, even then, I don't think it's mark of the year. It's quite a clumsy little thing. Nah, that was a fucking great mark because his body turned around. And he did it on like this, and he was so, anyway. Whatever. I love that mark, and yeah. I was there, but he did not mark it, so I'm not <laughs> counting it. Uh, these are mine in order. Uh, in third place, uh, Nick Rewalt running backwards. Oh, yeah. That mark would That's be my awesome. third best mark of all time. Uh, in second place, for me, Stephen Silvani. Yep. I just think that is to still to me. Chest, best chest mark of all time. And just, it's not where it should be. Yeah. It's like just one of those things that like, it's just a genuine like, oh no, you one can just, on one. You can do that wherever you want on the field. Yeah. Like it isn't that close. But I think the the best mark I ever saw was that Sean Smith mark in yes. the goal square. They're, well, they're my top three too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our lock of the week. week. <laughs> that is, uh, that Sean Smith one is insane. I don't know, for you younger uh, listeners out there, you may not be aware of who Sean Smith was. He was an okay, like 100 gamer, played for Melbourne. I think he's a halfback flanker. But he took this mark up in Brisbane one night, which is literally he's standing on a guy's shoulders, completely upright. He basically rides a wave of people in front of the point post. It's in- insane. Standing on a guy's shoulders. Easily the best mark of all time. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Although, good, mark, good marks though. Although, when you used to play junior footy, yeah. you'd see dudes attempt marks like that all the time. All the like, time. You'd have someone in your team 
who wouldn't really be interested in kicking, handballing, they just want to take a massive fucking hangout. Oh, uh, mate, I reckon, like, to be honest, if I was really going to tell you the best three marks I've ever seen in my life, yeah. they all happen at lunchtime at Kick the Kick <laughs> at my fucking high school. Like, actually, I... T- oh, uh, Nick Barrett, James Hawkins, uh, Ned Island, yeah. No, I will tell you the best mark I ever, like, literally ever saw. There was this guy, Nathan King, Kingy, uh, from Mafra, and we were playing uh, under-15s junior rep footy together for East Gippsland uh, at Windy Hill. It was schoolboys football. And he took a mark on the half-forward flank at Windy Hill where he fucking was on another guy's shoulders, which was like, I was just like, yeah. that's crazy. crazy Kier- Kieran Lynch, I think, took the best mark I've ever seen. I kicked it to him. It wasn't a great kick, a bit of a floater. But he got the double pump where there was two guys in front. He jumped one knee on one guy's shoulder. And as the other guy came in, he boosted him up even higher, but he landed on his feet and then took off. That was the best thing about it is he just didn't lose his balance. It was very Isaac Heaney-esque. I must admit, I was the assist also. Jeremy mentioned we called Morph. I was, assi- I was the assist in uh, a great mark as well, playing junior footy. I played this game at uh, Collingwood. Have I talked about this on the podcast before? Um, so when I was uh, under 16s, um, I was kind of a half-decent footballer, but mostly just because I was... Tall. I've always been. I'm six foot two, but I was six foot two when I was like fucking twelve, and then I just never grew. And uh, so, like in junior footy, I was like taller than people, and so like I was one of those classic guys who was like a good junior footballer, but then when everyone caught up in skills, like I was no good. And um, but there was a moment when I was like fifteen or sixteen, where a couple of clubs were looking at drafting me and stuff, and I went down and did this like um, kind of skills session, and then. Like kind of, uh, it, I don't think it was an official match. I think it was like the Collingwood Under-19s were playing like the Essendon Under-19s or something like that. But I played for the Collingwood Under-19s like right. in this game. Me and a whole bunch of other people who were down doing this thing. And I was playing at fullback, which was not where I ordinarily played, but that's what I was playing in this thing. And I was kicking out from fullback. And I like roosted one to the 50 and a guy from the other team took one of the best fucking marks <laughs> yeah. of all time on the shoulders of my teammate that I had just essentially you, you just set put this, the ball up like, on his literally head literally put the guy put the ball about a metre above and this guy's head and just sat, sat it fucking there <laughs> for this mark put an armchair on your on your teammate's shoulders basically <laughs> literally I and was then like, laid down a little step ladder hey, you this guy that I just met an hour and a half ago I'm about to give you the worst moment of your life <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get drafted. I, uh, <laughs> we need that kid who turns it over in spectacular fashion. That guy who set it up for the opposition <laughs> to do awesome stuff. He's like, oh, you know, you know what I was? I was the team who plays with the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, the Washington Generals. I was the Washington Generals. <laughs> I was the guy who mistakenly bounces it too high, and the other guy grabs it and dugs it over my head. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was. Uh, I have to go soon, so oh, yeah. let's uh, let's look, uh, ahead, look, ahead, to... look ahead. So this weekend... Oh, you got the game? Uh, will be the games. I've got them here on my computer, mate. So uh, uh, on Friday night, uh, Geelong at Simmons Stadium up against uh, the Western Bulldogs. So, I mean, obviously Geelong is the form team here and should win this. And obviously with the the uh, Bartel and Enright, like, you know, celebrations and the Bulldogs injuries, um, I imagine that everybody will think that Geelong will win this. But in my philosophy that I'm going to pick the Bulldogs every week, uh, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Charlie. I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. In fact, I'm making it my lock of the week. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Um, no, I'm serious. I Thanks, think, man. Uh, I appreciate it. No, no, that. I do. I appreciate I, that during these hard times you've been here for me. <laughs> I actually think that Adelaide would you last week when they lost to the Cats. 
I think the Cats, uh, I mean, they're both, they're, they're playing, gonna be like, oh shit, Jimmy Bartel, I just forgot. And I we, don't know, I might have yeah. to, hang on. It's Charlie's, doing the lock. it's Charlie's <laughs> unlock of the week. <laughs> My unlock of the week. Oh shit, I forgot. If Jimmy, if it wasn't We Jimmy, also are susceptible, A, to Geelong, <laughs> but B, to um, teams with big forwards. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to pick Geelong this week. <laughs> I think mainly just for the Jimmy Bartel factor. I can't possibly see them losing at home in his 300th. If Again, I were not a diehard Western Bulldogs fan, I would suggest that this is probably a Geelong win. But, I mean, if we win this one... I was going to count on the emotion. I was, I was Without the Jimmy Bartel factor, I was counting on the Bulldogs' emotion, their resolve, their willingness to, you know, to, uh, to show that they're not done yet. Um, you know, they love each other. They're going to throw each other on the grenade. They want to win for Mitch. I, that's what I thought was going to come across the line. But then it's counteracted by even bigger emotion for, you know, the most beloved player in Catland. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's there's not much you can do really, is there? No. No. You're going to lose this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you won't mind because it's Jimmy Bartel. I will mind. But I, I'll get it. I'll yeah, understand. Okay. The next game uh, is on the Saturday and that is uh, GWS. At uh, MO, Metricon, is that Metricon? Is that their home M- ground? Monica? Monica Oval. Monica That's what Oval. MO is Monica Oval. Metricon is Gold Coast, isn't it? I can never tell. Oh, this is, oh so this is in Canberra. Yeah, this will be in Canberra. Uh, so GWS uh, in Canberra. The sexy time slot of one forty-five. Well, it's a good time in Canberra. Yeah. Everyone can get home but at six before they lock it. <laughs> so, um, uh, GW- And that's our lock of the week. <laughs> lock of the week. Uh, voted most livable city in the world this week. Uh, GWS uh, take on uh, Richmond at Monica Oval. I mean, come on. I mean, GWS should win this by a lot, you would think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tigers away from home and, and they had a bad week last week and I think the Giants are got a lot to play for now. I would suggest to the Richmond players get down to Fishwick, get some fireworks. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see any since there now, so get your own. Go to uh, the Australian War Memorial. It's amazing. Hard to pronounce, but it's really good. War Australian, say it, Australian War Memorial. And you know what the thing is? We lost a lot of those battles as well, so it might <laughs> encourage you guys. You know, I mean, if there's nothing more Australian, to be honest, than celebrate. I mean, we, we celebrate the Anzacs, and that's a battle we lost at Gallipoli. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing more Richmond here than that. <laughs> so, go and check that out. Um, all right, uh, Hawthorne uh, taking on Carlton at two ten uh, at uh, in, in Aurora. Aurora, Brendan Bolton's Tassie. bloody home game. So he's a local boy returning oh, home. Here we go. So uh, actually, maybe this is my lock of the week: all Carlton right. to beat the Hawks at home for Brendan Bolton. You know what? Bolton's at home. Plus Bolton, did he coach there? I reckon he might have coached yeah. there at some yeah, stage. So he's probably got. Yeah. No, but I mean, even when he coached Hawthorne, he might have had a game. Oh, yeah. At right. Aurora. I think his first game... Oh, so he knows been, the grand intimate. He knows player. it. Yeah, he yeah. knows how to play Aurora. Yeah, he yeah. knows how Hawthorne played Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, then at uh, 4, 4.35 in the afternoon, Twilight game at the MCG. Uh, Collingwood take on West Coast. Now, this, this is a hard is a, to pick. It's hard to pick, isn't it? Um... West Coast don't travel well, but... And Collingwood... Who just, knows? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, tell. I'm going to pick Collingwood. <laughs> Collingwood with the question mark. Yeah. I love the way you say that. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to pick this one. It's a toss of the Charlie Sutton coin, but I'm going to go for West Coast because I just think it's finals time and 
you know what? Collingwood don't really have anything to win by winning, and West Coast have something to win. Home ground advantage. So Just another chance for um, Bucks to fatten the Travis Cloak calf. Wouldn't surprise me if Collingwood won, but I'm going to go with West Coast. Uh, okay, uh, that night at a uh, 7.25. At the Gabatoir. At the Gabatoir. Which has not been, to be honest, the Gabatoir has gone vegetarian a yeah, little yeah, this year. Yeah, it's more has not g- been the Guinoa. Yeah, it's, it's the Guinoa. <laughs> Oh, Saturday night at the Goji Berry, uh, <laughs> the battle of the um, superfoods, Brisbane Lions. Gabatois, by the way, is fucking awesome. I actually, just thinking about what a great fucking moniker for your I mean, if ground. you actually slaughter other teams there, they it's a did great though. moniker. It used to be the for a while. yeah. Yeah, it was, a, for, it was the yeah, stadium, you know what it's, it's called now? The stadium formerly known as the Gabatois. Yeah. I mean, they used to send bloody Christians to fucking get devoured by lions. But back in the day, uh, St. Kilda. Brisbane Lion take on the Port Adelaide Football Club. Now, this is, I think this is interesting as well because Port, I don't know. Like I Port, Port it's win. a mystery. Port, Port will win the ones that, okay last week. Port win the ones that don't matter. Yeah, probably Port. Uh, and then again on Saturday night at 7.25, uh, at Eddie Had, uh, the North Melbourne Football Club take on a team that is almost unbeatable at Eddie Had Stadium, the St Kilda Football Club. Mm. This is Charlie, would you say? An eight-point game. Yes. No. Mm, yeah, it would be. Well, it is. I mean, because... It is. I mean, but, the team, um, but, so, the, yeah, well, but we're, but we're more, with our percentage, we're more like three games. Yeah, but you can't have a 12-point game. I know. <laughs> so you're just going to have to set off for an eight <laughs> okay. and make up the other points at some other stage. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, really, if you guys have any hope of making the finals, this is it, right? If yeah. If you beat North Melbourne... We're one game out. Right. And a shit ton of percentage, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you just okay. Well, that's and how you, Charlie. That's how you make it a twelve-point gun. So we have Kilda to crash them. Need to beat North Melbourne by four hundred in points. Boomer Harvey's <laughs> record-breaking game by as many points as Boomer Harvey has played games. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my luck of the week. There was a game in two thousand and eight uh, where St Kilda. I think it was the last game of the round in two thousand and eight. We'd finished outside the top four, and Adelaide had gotten the last spot. And the only way, and we were out on percentage, the only way we could get in was to beat Essendon by like 120 points. That Sunday, we beat Essendon by like 130 points. And it was amazing because in the last quarter, like the players realized that they had to just fucking go for it. So I think Stephen Milne kicked like 11 goals or something. And part of me thinks that maybe Essendon were like, all right, go on. Yeah, and go like, on. Because it was ridiculous. Like, I mean, we, we were thrashing them from the first bounce, but there was a bit of urgency was in that last quarter. They were like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah. Enjoy yourself. But the stories were that there were people at Adelaide who had bought their fucking tickets because it was so unlikely that we were going to beat Essendon by over 120 points. They right. were just like, no! <laughs> like, I have this ticket to Melbourne next it's week. the problem about early speculation on the stock market, guys. Yeah. It's a lesson. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you think? Do you think the Saints or do you... I mean... It's hard because Boomer has never lost in, in one of his milestone matches and he's had like fucking 15 of them. <laughs> Normally, that would be the most useless fucking stat in football. But with Boomer, you're like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of games. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, yeah, so look, I think we... we the problem with... Uh, the way we play football is we uh, rely on teams trying to play quick 
football yeah. trying to like handball out of trouble and, it's and stuff. It's not really north away. No, they've they've, they've got, got big tall big, targets. Yeah. They just kick long, and we have and we don't have a big back line, so they're actually a good match for us. I mean, we almost beat them earlier in the year, so who fucking knows? And we have more to play for in a way. But again, in the same re- reason, I think Geelong will get across the line. It's fucking boomers. Four twenty-seven. Four twenty-seven. He's uh, he's, the he's had played more games than I reckon. Have eaten meals. I reckon like two hundred makes you a champ, like a pretty fucking decent player these days, right? If you play two hundred games, he's played two careers of two hundred games, and then an okay career of twenty-three games. <laughs> yeah, that's when he had just like the year where he just went to another club and played for fun. Uh, yeah, I think North Melbourne are a team that matches up against well against St Kilda in the same way they match up well against the Bulldogs. Mm. We're both good inside teams. They have much better structure and sort of bigger players. Harder to match up against. Yeah, I reckon North just though. And, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if St Kilda won that, but I reckon North. And I would make another prediction like... St Kilda are hard to beat at any head though. Yeah, if we bring the same... Hey, well, if we... If we if you come to play. If we come to play. Right. Uh, will be a chance, but I, yeah, I know, I, look, I, I give us a, 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 a like a square fifty fifty. All right, uh, on Sunday at uh, ten ten, uh, sorry one ten, uh, Melbourne at the MCG take along uh, take on. Oh, gee, this will be well attended. The Gold Coast Football Club, <laughs> uh, Melbourne versus Gold Coast at the G. Melbourne should win that, but like, they, yeah, they're good at the G. Yeah, they should be all right. Uh, okay, uh, then uh, at one twenty. Uh, Frio take on Sydney at Domain at Penis Stadium. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Sydney should win. Oh, that, yeah, no, right? no, that's Easily. Not, not even a question. I mean, Frio don't really seem to be that interested in winning. No. Sydney need to. So that seems pretty obvious. And then, uh, last game of the round, uh, Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval take, a, take on Essendon. So, hundred point good, win way, to Adelaide. good way to get Adelaide off a fucking loss when they're trying to prove something. So, good luck, uh, Eddie Bombers. Bet, Eddie bets to kick 40. Eddie, yeah. Eddie bets to win the Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, put, Eddie bets to put the Coleman beyond reach at the Adelaide Oval. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's us. So, um, if you'd like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon site, which is uh, Patreon forward slash TOFOP. Patreon.com forward slash TOFOP. Uh, we have a few podcasts under the banner of TOFOP, of which this is one. So um, uh, if you would like to support us, you can donate uh, an amount from any from a dollar to how much, Will? Uh, well, to a billion dollars. Up to a billion dollars. There we is, even take over a billion. Actually, to be honest, there is no cap. No cap. It's an uncapped competition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could actually technically make us the Collingwood of podcasts. Mm. And then suddenly we'd have to subsidise Little Dum Dum Club and Jump Time and stuff, but we'd be like, we'd bitch about it, but we'd still be proud that we were yeah. the number one club. And we'd always have our top five, top five films, top five songs ready to go at any time you want to ask us. Basically, what we're trying to say, guys, is we don't want to be the St Kilda or Bulldogs of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be the Hawthorne or. <laughs> Even the Richmond. We yeah, don't we'll need take to be Richmond. good. No, we don't want to we be good. We just want a lot of members. Yeah, that's and right. To be really financial. We want to be successful. Yeah, yeah. So if you could share it around, tell people about it. Um, that sort of. Oh, I should check my Twitter. Oh yeah, because so I yeah. sent uh, Bob a message. That was I'm a sure, long sure tweet. Tweet me, message. Was it 140 no, characters? Okay. Oh, so so no, have not heard back from okay. him. So we'll update next week. So now I'm going to hear that. Really, at a time where I'm embarrassed and upset that, like, if I'd heard about it during the podcast, I'd be like, "Oh, this worked out well." But now tomorrow at 10 a.m. when I'm at a fucking meeting and I get this weird fucking random message, like, 
well, to be honest, mate, we don't get fucking started. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was so weird. It's like, it's the, I've done the equivalent of fucking some fucking dude who's out on a fucking bender and fucking messages a fucking you up to her ex-girlfriend at three o'clock in the morning. That's my equivalent of that. Sorry, Murph. Um, all right. We're done? That's it. Play okay. on, not 15. The uh, ball. <laughs> I forgot. I got the start right. <laughs> <laughs> we are two guys, one car.